Well, I must say, that was such a good time. Was it just me? Just me. Yeah, two, three. I just enjoyed just loving the Lord and loving the Lord together. Um, I really enjoyed that. And uh, it's, uh, I haven't been to church that much in the last six months, a church meeting, I mean, just my confession. Um, church, I mean a lot, because there's a difference, isn't there, yeah? Um, and, uh, but that was wonderful, and um, just thank you, Lord. Um, I just got this thought. Uh, um, I've just been encouraged what we're hearing about trusting God. Um, I'm not preaching about that, so I can't do one of those things. Isn't it encouraging them that when you're preaching something and people pray in the meeting, what happens when you're, you're talking about something and no one says anything about it? Um, am I, the, am I the, the one that's wrong and you're right, or am I right and you're wrong? I don't know what's... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, I was going to do. I was going to say this. Um, uh, I was going to say, you know, let's just. I mean, everyone, all the kids went. I just thought, let's just look around, just look at each other, and just say, this is family. Um, and uh, and and I just, I'm just so encouraged to to see here, uh, to see you here, and even if you were late. I'm encouraged that you're here, except, <laughs> although I encourage you, do you know what the best times of that bit, you know, when, when you're not here because you're late, you've just missed the really best bits, uh, <laughs> that's not true, I don't know what's true, but anyway, amen. Um, so what shall I talk about? I I've, I've want to talk about um, what I believe God is doing right now in the church, and, uh, and I want to share this because... I think there is so much to be encouraged by, but also um, I believe, as you know, many, many times I've shared this, that as a body, as a church family, God has a purpose for us as a body, and God has a purpose for us as individuals, and, um, and they come together, and, and so I want to speak um, into that and encourage us, I, um, I trust, um, but I want to say this first, um, this may be obvious to you, it might not be, uh, Christian life... Christianity, whatever you want to call it, church, is not about moral perfection. It's not about being the best person you can be. It's not about being the best mother or father or husband or wife. It's not about being uh, best with your money. It's not about how good you can be. It's not about any of that. It's about the person of Jesus. Amen? So a couple of weeks ago, I preached on that. You know, it's not about power, it's not about presence, it's not about great experiences, it's about the person of Jesus. And yesterday I was chatting to someone, um, someone that Jenna and I have been getting to know as friends, um, and uh, I was just talking just generally, and then she just started to talk about um, Christian things. And, uh, and one of the things she said was this, talking about her, her husband, he said, um, he struggles with this question, why does... If there was a God, why did my dad die so young? And I said, that's a big question that lots of people ask. And I said, you can have an intellectual answer to that. You can talk a bit about certain things. And she said, and this is what I think when you see the spirit moving in really exciting things. She said, some people are just looking for healing. And I'm like, yes, because... You can have all these questions about things, but they're answered in the person of Jesus. And I said, I believe it's about the when you meet the questions are answered, not because they answered them intellectually, but you know that it no longer needs answering. Yeah? 
And, uh, and I was just encouraged by that. And I just, again, this morning to encourage us and tell everyone, tell everyone you meet, it's, Christianity is not about being a good person. That's a byproduct. Jesus makes us good in his sight. And that's an ongoing perfection. Have I done something wrong? Am I shouting too much? No, you need to put some new batteries in. Oh. Running out of juice. Oh. Okay. Am I on? Thank you. Anyway, so I was encouraged by that, you know, and, and guess what I want to say this morning is about looking for these sparks of grace, looking for these green shoots, because something has happened and something is happening in the church. And um, you, know, often, you know what people say about the elephant in the room? Um, I like to talk about the elephants in the room, uh, because I think it's good for us to know where God has brought us and I think, and I just feel really encouraged at the moment, where he's taken us and how we want to encourage so much talk and conversation, encouragement together, every step we make as a family, as a church family, what God is doing. And, um, and so that's really in that vein. So you know about the vision, you know about the vision, um, I want to see our groups, to see these expressions of um, love and service for one another. Um, of reaching out, inviting in of people that don't know Jesus, of worshipping and learning discipleship, just looking at our groups and then being really what church is as we understand it in, in scriptures. Because church isn't meetings, meetings are a byproduct of church. Amen? We are the church, so we look around and we say, This is church, and we're all very different. Uh, praise God, and yet God is bringing us together. Many generations, cultures, everything. And that's what's so exciting about church. And along with that vision, I talked about that verse where it says about a new wine for new wineskin. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I shared a, a prophetic word that someone sent me just out of the blue. And, um, about, and in that was this cry coming out of groups in homes, a new wine for new wineskins. And so that encouraged me because um, I'm always encouraged by the way that God speaks from other situations. It's like, wow. And uh, I was listening to, I don't know if you remember, a guy called Trevor who spoke at one uh, joint meeting at Oak Community Church. He preached once. I was listening to him speaking, and uh, he was talking to his church, and he said, I feel this is the word, new wine for new wineskins. So all these things come together, and it's really encouraging. Um, and so as we are walking together as a church in this new season, we are in a new season, um, and uh, uh, it's an exciting time, and God is repositioning people. I like that word, something that Trish said to me yesterday uh, or Friday, repositioning people. We've seen people be repositioned, move on to other situations, move on to go and work with Tim at River Church or go down to Devon um, to, to help with uh, in the Heathfield Church. And it's really encouraging. There's new things happening in the MLG network. At a leaders meeting, there were, uh, there were three uh, groups there that were representing new church plants, which is amazing. One guy, uh, or one couple, John and Hannah, um, who Drew and Hannah um, actually go and encourage, and uh, they're not moving up there, don't worry. <laughs> uh, go and encourage them, um, John, um, Johnny Gray. You might know Johnny and Hannah Gray if you've seen them at the conference. And they're just starting a new church up there. Um, in this village in the middle of nowhere, it seems. And then his brother, Jamie, and another guy up in Liverpool, um, and Pete Elks, which is Tim Cross's father-in-law, Helen, Helen Cross's dad, are looking at starting a new church up there in, in Liverpool Way. And then some of you might remember Mance. Remember some of you? 
he was there. He'd, he'd already planted church, and now he's starting a new thing in uh, Dunsborough or Densborough or something like that. Again, somewhere up sort of uh, wherever that is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That way. <laughs> that way. Uh, and this is new stuff happening within the MLG network, and people moving around in amongst the churches of MLG. Really exciting. And, and I know you probably wouldn't know about that unless you're in those kind of conversations. So I'm really excited, and I'm excited about what I'm hearing going on in this church. And uh, so, but someone said to me, uh, um, and this question, and I think it was a really good question. It's a right question. And, it's a, and it was something like this. I, these are my words, but this was the gist. Am I, John, just putting a positive spin on something that is actually negative? Am I just making all this stuff that's gone on in the church, in this sort of transition, am I just making it sound really good by sort of just saying really exciting and you know, saying it really quickly and with a smile on my face? Um, am I just being positive? And I, and I, I said, that is a really good question. Um, because it's easy to do that. And perspective is important. Perspective on things. You know, two people can look at one thing and one can see a negative, one can see a positive. And so it really made me think. And, uh, and I, I mean, I thought about this beforehand. I mean, I thought about this a lot because it's not the first time this kind of question's come into my mind or I said. And, um, and so I, I wanted to just talk a bit about, my title is Preparing for Fruitfulness, but I want to talk about pruning. And there's, there's a verse which... Um, if, Uh, We don't need to put it up, but I don't know. You can put it up if you want. But it's John 15. If you remember when Daniel spoke about fruitfulness, he went from this passage. um, And it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, the thing I want to concentrate on there is, Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Darren and I used to have a rose um, a tr- thing in, uh, is it a tree, a rose tree? What would you call it, a bush? Thank you. I'm not a gardener, I'm just saying. Um, a rose uh, bush in our front garden, and every, whenever it was, winter I guess, I would cut that right down, literally. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not like snipping away, I'm like right down the bottom, there'll be a little thing there. And by the end of that year, it would be up in bloom, you know, beautiful kind of thing. Until we did our building work and a grab lorry came and grabbed the whole load of stuff that they put on top of it. It didn't survive that, but that wasn't pruning. But it's amazing how you cut back, and that's what pruning is for you, like me, you don't know what gardening is. Um, you cut back stuff, and I've cut back my, my apple tree before. You know, every winter I cut branches off. Um, not every winter, because I, when I prune, I don't know when to stop. LAUGHTER uh, but, um, and it's this, so this concept of being pruned, but this is the important thing. It says here, every branch, now I think this is a principle, okay? This is a principle, now John 15 is, is revealing a principle that in, in, in John 15, he may be applying it to a person. God may prune us back individually. There may be things that are cut out of our lives, um, but also as an entity, as a church, that God will prune us and cut back. But here's the encouraged thing. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So we have to, when we're looking at what's going in the church, we look at the church from a biblical perspective. We say, what has been going on? What was going on beforehand? What's going on now? And how can we get encouragement from that? So um, here's my uh, perspective. Um, We were a fruitful and are a fruitful church. 
people grow in this church. They grow in God. They grow and, our, and we see growth spiritually of people and numerically. Numerically, not as much spiritually at times, but we see how this church grows. And God has cut us back because we are fruitful in order that we are then gain more fruit. So we take from that um, this very important principle that because God is cutting us back, we can expect 100% we are going to grow. Now, I know none of us here care about numbers. What we care about is those numbers of people and those people knowing Jesus. And that's what we care about. But from this verse, this is truth, that if we know that we were fruitful, God was speaking in the church, moving in the church, we knew that the, the presence of God, and then we were cut back, it's because God could not grow us anymore in that state. He had to cut us back in order for us to grow. And let me tell you a bit about pruning, because I did look up pruning. And... and, uh, and these are, these are principles, and you can take this home, you can get in your garden, and you can do whatever you like of it as well. But pruning is when you selectively remove branches from a tree, a, a bush, shrub, whatever, a vine, and the goal is to remove unwanted branches, improve the tree's structure, and direct new healthy growth. Now, don't, mean, don't ever take what I'm saying here, when I say unwanted branches, that all those that have moved on from this place were unwanted. <laughs> uh, that's not what I'm saying. Um, that was the opposite of how I felt. But why should a, um, a, a, a tree or vine be pruned? And, and this is all, you can look up this on Google it. Maintaining plant health, removal of dead, dying or infested plant parts and thinning out a can canopy to allow more airflow and or light penetration. Yeah, so you're giving it more space. Um, you train a plant to create a certain shape. I thought that was interesting. A height and width of the plant. Um, improving the quality of the foliage and stems. See, when you came this morning, you didn't know you was going to be trained in gardening, did you? Huh? Um, restricting growth hazards. When a branch goes off, you know, branches can get up and they can touch an electricity cable or something, you know. Um, if it poses some kind of safety hazard. An unpruned tree is more susceptible to disease and can infect neighbouring trees. Oh, interesting, isn't it? A diseased tree can die. Well, that's, you know, obvious. Um, susceptible to high winds leading to dangerous falling branches, which are effectively dead wood. So it can get too big and it just can't stand in the winds. It can't handle the storms. Interesting, isn't it? You get in the kind of... The, the, uh, the picture behind this, the metaphor. Um, the tree can stop producing fruit. You kind of preached a little bit about this, didn't you, Nyla? Kind of thing, didn't you? Do you remember? Um, and to, when John's talking about this, he's talking about the vine. And, so, and this relates to vine. Grapes are pruned more extensively and more aggressively than anything else you can think of. When you know how to do it properly, grapevines will become very productive. If you don't do it enough, it simply grows into a jungle and the plant is never as productive. In other words, he's saying if there's any plant that is pruned aggressively, it's the vine. And John uses the vine as the example we're talking about. 
Aggressive pruning leads to greater fruitfulness. So this is, I mean, that's, that's the principle that God is bringing, and that's the principle that is at work in the church at the moment. And, um, and you can put it simply like this. Without pruning, a tree loses its fruit. Without pruning, a plant will eventually die. So now is the time to prune your garden. And I did that, and I, but I did it for a different reason, because I didn't like my bushes. I just literally got a saw, and I just sawed all the way along. And I tell you what, it's transformed my garden. It's transformed it. You know, those, those who have gone from us uh, were active, growing members of the church. And that's where we get our encouragement. You know, um, they, they were ripe fruit, ready to be picked. But not just to be eaten and consumed in that sense, but to be replanted. Yeah. And when I went to this MLG elders and leaders retreat, there was a man there called Steve Gale. And I was like, Steve, what lovely to see you. Because this guy has been transported and now is standing like a rock with Phil and Wendy in the leadership team at Heathfield. With Anna as well. That's to be encouraged for us to be encouraged. You know, fruit that gets planted. You know, and so we know, so when I look at this, and you can go away and you can consider this before the Lord, you know, what we're looking for is, is this just positive speaking or is this truth? Is this true reality? Do we recognize the, the work of the Spirit going on in the church? Do we see it in the Bible? Um, and are we seeing it now? Are we starting to see sparks of grace, green shoots of what God is doing? And that, so that's where we're going. So, um, in order for this to happen, so um, some things we're still figuring out, but they're encouraging signs. I went over to, uh, we went over to see Tano and Angela, and we had timed it right that they'd just finished doing their house. Right now, now Lena's been there working like her socks off, and, uh, and we just went and looked at the handiwork and others. And you know, they got builders in and all sorts of things, um, and, and it looks amazing. And I know I've seen pictures because we was just too busy to get around there to help them, honestly. Um, and uh, where they were knocking out walls and building walls, stuff like that, wasn't it, Lena? Something like this, I think. So the word goes. And, uh, and I went around, they had a look, and it, was, and it looked amazing. I could look around there, and I could have, if I wanted to, and just sort of picked out all the bits that they hadn't done right, all the unfinished little bits. You know, it's, couldn't you? You could just come around my house, and you would see, I've got this new, but I haven't painted that door. I haven't done the re-bit of the skirting. And sometimes, again, perspective, we can be like that. Now, I see it in my own handiwork. I always see what isn't really done well. I see it. Like, we've just done these new screens, and I, and I, know, I know where all the problem areas are. Uh, and uh, you don't have to tell me, I know, um, because, you know, it, sometimes we just get caught up in what's not finished yet. And, uh, and that can be a bit like our church. You know, we know that we're still moving forward. God is patient, so we should be patient as well and prayerful as well. But I just want to just share some encouragements. These are just a few list things that, um, that came to my mind yesterday as I was just writing up these notes. Um, yesterday, I just had such a good time in the cafe yesterday. Um, I didn't know how it was going to turn out because Hayley was sick, um, and so I didn't know if I'd have enough staff. Margareta stepped in last minute. So it's me, Margareta, and Connor. If you don't know Connor, he's from River Church. And, uh, and to be honest, when I got there, I was like, I don't know if I've got, I've got the energy for this. 
Um, I've been quite busy. Jana's been ill this week. I've been carrying the family and everything. And uh, been doing everything for the whole week. Jana's just been in bed. And... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, stop whinging. Um, oh, I didn't. And, uh, but I tell you what, the atmosphere was just amazing. The, the whole time was chilled. I just enjoyed being with these people. Um, at the end, there was... There was Milena with, with all the Spanish mums that were just... It was every, over there was the big long table. And throughout the whole of that day, all the Spanish parents were just sitting together, talking, chatting. Um, and it's just this sense of community, this sense... I mean, it was, I just can't express it. I came home and I said to Jan, I said, I just can't get over how much I so enjoyed it. Um, and I you know, chatting with various people and... One couple that stayed, they were staying for ages. I had to tell them we're closing. Often you're like, should we close early? There's no one here. And, um, and there was three mums sitting at the back on the back table there. Two of them were new. And they were just, the kids were playing. And it was just, there was just a lovely atmosphere. I don't know, um, I mean, Seb Milena are regulars on the Saturday morning, obviously. But obviously I got to sit down with Seb. There was Daniel and uh, Nyla having a cup of tea. Um, it was just a wonderful time. And, I, you know, you reflect on that and you think... Um, and then I had that conversation with my friend just sitting over there and we're, we're talking about, I'm going on this extreme cha- character challenge thing. Guys, we're we doing it. <laughs> Which is like three days walking in the cold wet over mountains or something. And I'm trying to get this guy to go on it. And she's like, I think that might be good for him to do. And Anyway, that might not mean anything to you. But when you're in there and you know, you, you know you're sort of thinking, is this cafe going to carry on? Have we, you know, we don't have enough money or this, that and the other and there's all sorts of things you have to do to, to run it and you're just in that situation you think, I just love these people. I could sit in that environment and just go from table to table and I was accepted. One lady said to me, which really best said, thanks for looking after us today. Um, and, and that's, you know, people aren't dropping like flies getting saved and on their knees. But I tell you what, often that comes after a number of steps <laughs> And, uh, and I, anyway, I, I just think it was amazing. In our um, Tuesday Fresh Ground Community Group, I just shared about how I want to pray about a new introduction to Christianity. What if people just had questions wanted to ask? And we could just say, come along, have a free latte. We're going to sit around there. You fire away any questions. Or, and we're just praying about that. Because I think God is starting to move us into a place where maybe the timing is right on that. Um, I'm always encouraged by what's going on in the community groups. I always get excited by the WhatsApp messages that Alan sends me on a regular basis um, because of what's going on in Calvary Road. Um, I had a, a lovely message from Becky, uh, where uh, oh, it was on the WhatsApp group, where she just said, you know, I just had such a good time in Jumping Beans, which is the, the, the Tuesday plans day. Even, and Trees was saying, wasn't you, Trees? where are you? Um, this sense of the Holy Spirit in that plans day. And, and these are just, you know, you just get this sense of a shift and I know that there's people that are praying. I know Debbie prays regularly in the cafe. And sometimes, you know, it's a, it gets a bit tough. And it's nice to start to, to feel like we're, we're seeing some motion. You know, we're starting to see some little shoots, little sparks of grace where God is starting to bring a, 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 um, a movement. Um, the Thursday Bible study, what is going on there, I hear? Um, I mean, that just sounds like something in, uh, incredible is going on amongst there, with Tris being leading the Bible study. Um, it's really encouraging to, to, um, 
to hear. I'm quite excited. This Thursday night, we're open late in the cafe, by the way. Um, and um, some of us got together just chatting about it, and I just feel really excited about that group, what that's going to do as we want to reach out, want to use the cafe in the evening, and I'm expecting that, you know, this says, I should expect to see fruit because you have pruned us back. And, and, I, and you know, this isn't a pity party, by the way, but, you know, everyone who started the cafe project in that initial group has gone except for Jana and I. That's a pruning now I'm looking for the fruit. Yeah? So this is really encouraging. It's encouraging to me. Is there any other amens there? No? Yeah. <laughs> but I want to pray for breakthrough because I want to get the community in there. I want to, um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm just excited about it and what God is doing. And there's probably many other things of what's going on in the, in the youth group and what uh, is going amongst families. Isn't it lovely to see new families come amongst us, which I think is really, really encouraging. Talking about you <laughs> on Facebook. Oh, okay, but praise God for pruning because when pruning comes, there comes growth spiritually and miraculously. And I was encouraged listening to what Alan shared last week um, because you know there's something happening in the church. And um, when Peter uh, went, he, he he said something. He talked about this group of people in the middle, not the leaders, not the new people, you know, new believers, whatever, but these people in the middle, those of us who've been around for a long time. And he said, you know, something like, you know, you guys, you know, be ministers of God, you know, be ministers of the gospel. Uh, I can't remember what word he used, but that was my interpretation. And I'm excited about that because I think that's what God is starting to do. You're starting to see people. Um, I love the fact, I'm going to just call out some names. I'm going to apologize straight away, but I remember saying, to, I won't say their name, I said to someone in the, in the church, I said, you realise you're a minister of the gospel and uh, in your group, and you see them working. The other day, this is someone else, I, sat, I, 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 I was sitting here and I was just watching a pastor in action, and they're not one of the leaders of the church. And that excites me. Just seeing God's gift moving and, and seeing the freedom to just see people operate. You know, and I think it's wonderful. Uh, and this is what church is. Church isn't there's a guy who preaches every week and, you know, and all that kind of thing and everyone comes and listens. It's where the church operates in their gifting. And it's wonderful. Anyway, I know this is a, ba- a, a, a babble, isn't it? But I've got four points. Would that help just to bring structure? <laughs> I think there are four points. We're preparing for fruit, fruitfulness. There's just four things. I just want to throw them out. They're not in any debt, but I think maybe we need to look at them and think about them and pray about them. Um, because God, I think, is looking at for you to be involved in what God is doing. That's you, everyone in this group, including Vicky. So you shouldn't have sat on the front row, Vicky. <laughs> everyone in this church involved in what God is doing. Um, now, some you might not know what some of these things are, but that's okay. I, 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 I've got four things that just came to my mind as I was thinking about this. The first thing is this. We need to prepare by understanding the role of intercessory prayer. Not just prayer meetings, where we just ask, talk to God, we listen to God, but prayer, and let me read this verse, this is Ezekiel 22, 29 to 33. From the Old Testament, this prophet, and he said this, the people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. He's talking about the, the, uh, Israel at the time. They've oppressed the poor and needy and have extorted 
the uh, sojourner with justice. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach, stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore I poured out my indignation upon them, and I consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord. This is the point. I sought for a man or woman among them who would stand in the gap between the land and God. That intercessory prayer that stands in the gap between what Doreen's doing with her son, standing in the gap. What we do for our children, what we do for our community, we stand in the gap, we seek God, we say, God, we, I want to see this to the end, and I want to look into this. So this is, I want to, I'm going I'm to get a book to read about it, because you know what, you, when you just feel of the Lord, that we need to really hammer this down. Um, this Paul said to Timothy, he said, first of all, then I urge that supplications, requests, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings. Intercessory prayer is different to just a standard prayer meeting where we see things through. We hear God. We say, God, we need to see breakthrough. We need to stand in the gap between you and the community and use of God, not battling with God, not wrestling with God in that kind of way where you're trying to persuade God, but use of God as his, vo- as his mouthpiece to see breakthrough, and it needs a commitment. It needs, it needs to see it through until the end. Now, I want to confess, I do not know what that is personally. God, I, I, I want God to teach me and show me. So I can't preach on that. I just know that's what we need. Amen? And God is going to use us. And intercess- You know, people prayed for Australia and the rains came. That's no co- people were on the beach in Australia, you know, because the fires were on the beach. And this guy was, I saw this on the news in Australia. And he said, there were groups praying. There was Christians was praying. And the, and the cloud and the fire, the smoke was coming and it moved away from us. Yeah? Standing in the gap. You know, isn't that exciting? But that takes commitment. The second thing, spiritual parents. Paul said... Um, for though you have countless guides or teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ through the gospel. A guide is someone who can show, you know, or an instructor or a tutor, someone who would teach, and, but there's no taking responsibility for like a father or a mother. And, uh, and the picture here is, is of a family. You know, are we willing to be fathers and mothers to people coming in, especially people who don't know anything. Again, this is something I think we should think about and look at. What does it mean? Are we willing to open our hearts to people or are we just simply able to point them in the right way? Again, that takes commitment. Are we willing to create time for others in this way? And that leads me over to point number three, uh, we need to make room. And I was encouraged because uh, I read yesterday in Oswald Chamber, he talked about this. And, uh, and this is what he said, as servants of God, we must learn to make room for him, to give God elbow room. We plan and figure and predict that this or that will happen, but we forget to make room for God to come in as he chooses. Would we be surprised if God came into our meeting or into our preaching in a way we had never expected him to come? 
Do not look for God to come in a particular way, but do look for him. The way to make room for him is to expect him to come, but not in a certain way. No matter how well we may know God, the great lesson to learn is that he may break in at any minute. We tend to overlook this element of surprise, yet God never works in any other way. Suddenly, God meets our life when it pleased God. You know, this week, I've been really busy this week. As I said, I've had to carry the family and everything. I haven't had a day off this week, by the way. I just collapsed on Wednesday afternoon for a couple of hours. But I've been really busy. And, you know, and, I, and uh, again, I'm not asking for pity here. I'm using this as an illustration. Um, I could put in my diary everything that I'm going to do. I go from there to there to there to there to there. Do that, this, that, go there, whatever, have a coffee. You know, go there, do that. And I would completely make no room for God. Because what happens when you go to a certain place and you see someone, it's like, oh, I'm too busy. I've got some appointment. And, and that's what I, made me think, that we've got to make room for God. But what Oswald Chambers takes it to the next level and he's saying, you know, are you also putting God in your diary in a, in a sense that, yeah, well, I know that God's going to move at the meeting. I know that God's going to be there at the prayer meeting. But what about if he met you at the bus stop or he, he, he asked something of you when you were in the queue at Tesco's? I don't know. Uh, what, what if he put on your heart to go and see someone or phone someone or message someone? What if, and what he's saying here is that we need to be expectant that God is going to do something. Make room, expect Live in a, con- and he finishes with this, keep your life so constantly in touch with God that his surpassing power can break through at any point. Live in a constant state of expectancy and leave room for God to come in as he decides. Don't sit on the sideline watching for what God is doing about that availability, isn't it? You know, make yourself available. And number four, I know this is a repet- I'm repetitive on this and I don't mind. Um, we have a mission mindset. We know God's on a mission. From the very beginning, he was on a mission. He said before the foundation of the earth, he chose us. That means that he's now brought about all the activity in order to bring us to God. The cross right in the middle. And then he sends us out as his church, going to all the world. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we are on a mission. And having a mission mindset means we need to understand that we are part of his mission activity. And we're saying, Lord, well, what is my part in this mission activity? It's a privilege to be used of God to reach out to people. You know, I, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I don't know if this will make sense, but um, I said to someone recently, because this helped me, I said, when was the last time you looked at your spine? Anyone? Um, unless you've had a scan and you've looked at it. But the last time you looked at your spine, but I tell you what, isn't it glad that you got one? And everyone needs a spine, and maybe you're someone's spine. You may not be their hands, you may not be the mouthpiece, but you may well be the spine, and the spine is so important, because if you didn't have the spine, the mouthpiece isn't going to be able to say much to many people, and the hands aren't going to go anywhere, and the feet can't move. Um, You like that? I like that. Bringing people closer to God, inviting them into his presence by bringing them into your home. Because is the presence of God in your home? Um, by blessing them, by offering to pray for them. Um, there's no shortage of opportunities. It's a privilege to be um, on his team, 
doing his work, and it's a privilege to be with others in his team. And as I said, just with some of us met the other day talking about Tuesday night, just as we were talking, something in me was like, I just love my team. (laughs) You know, it's like we're all talking about the same thing. This is so good. This is encouraging. You know, we meet in the back room there, and we're praying. And I'm like, I just love the fact that we've got this heart together to do something. Isn't that wonderful when you get that sense of team and we're not standing alone? Anyway, amen. So, Lord, I just give that to you. <clears throat> this is like a touch-based message. I want to encourage us this morning. You know, this is, God is doing a wonderful thing and I'm encouraged by seeing those people that are coming at the moment into this building And I trust they're coming into our lives, into our homes. You know, that's what we want. We want people to know what it means to be part of the life of God. And and I know that he's leading us. I'm encouraged by it. And whatever God is doing at this time, we know he's he's leading to fruitfulness. Amen? Shall we pray? And perhaps the uh, guys can come and get ready. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you that it's all about you. Lord, we're not trying to build some kind of man-made empire. We're not just trying to expand a group of people like getting together. But Lord, we, Lord, we can easily just live our lives and invite you into it. But Lord, I realize that you are living your life and you're inviting us into yours. And Lord, may we have that mind, Lord, to be in with what you are doing. And Lord, I want to thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for your word, Lord. And pray, Father, for these things, be it intercessory prayer, being spiritual parents, making room for you. Lord, just being aware of your mission. Lord, will you come and just sow these things in our hearts even deeper? Lord, we want to be available to you. Lord, and we want people to know you. Not rules, not regulations, not morality, but you. Lord, that they may know you and everything else of those things will flow out of that. Lord, and I want to give thanks for what you're doing in this church. Lord, may we be encouraged in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's, let's worship and then in a, in a moment we will take communion. And communion's a wonderful way not only of uh, remembering what Jesus has done. We take the bread, it represents his body that was nailed to the cross, that was broken. And we drink the cup as a, as a recognition of his blood that was shed. And, uh, and if you know that you want to follow Jesus, you can participate. Um, so when we do take it, what we do, there's, uh, I think there's some at the back, is there? Yeah, over there. And there's some here. We just, we, we get up, we take a bit of the bread and we take a bit of the cup. And we just give thanks to God. So, you know, be encouraged to do that. So maybe after the first song, You know, feel free to get up and then we'll take communion together.